Welcome back to Normalize This. This is your host, Ryan Kippis, and I got my buddy here, co-host Rob Smith. What's up, guys? How you doing, Bubba? And we have our special guest coming back today, Miss Star. Hello, How you doing? Hi. So this world has been absolutely bonkers shit crazy over the last, what, two, three weeks here? Duh. Um, we have... We did talk about Roe v. Wade on our last show uh, a little bit. Um, I do want to touch on that real quick, but there have been some developments. Since we have Miss Star here, me and Rob are both white males. Uh, <laughs> so we have, <laughs> we have brought in not only a female, but an African-American female to discuss uh, a little bit about Roe v. Wade. And then let's start talking about some more of the recent shit that has come to play. So I'm going to go ahead and start with you today, Miss Star. Um, thoughts? Um, yo, <laughs> I, like everyone asked me my thoughts and I, I really honestly, I'm baffled. I'm shocked that something that the Supreme Court passed 50 years ago that they just, I mean, snatched it back. Isn't that, it's nuts to me that that's possible, that women's bodies that we still don't have, we still can't say, we still have no rights over our body. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so I don't ever make something about me, um, but Texas passed their anti-abortion laws back in September of 2021, um, stating that after six weeks, you could not get an abortion. And I'm saying this because this is, literally exactly what's going on with Roe v. Ray, Roe v. Wade. I got no help. It's two weeks, three weeks later, still the same thing. I went back to the emergency room and um, same thing. Well, we can't find it. Follow up with our clinic in four weeks. What? I'm At this point, I'm like, I've been bleeding and cramping for three weeks straight. What do you mean follow up in four weeks? What's going on with my body? Well, we're not sure. We just can't find anything in your uterus. That's they made sure to say we can't find anything in your uterus. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't tell me anything else. Um, I set up and I set up a follow-up appointment for a week out and I didn't make it to that week. Um, about five days later, I collapsed in my room from extreme pain in my chest and my stomach, and the fallopian tube had burst. My roommate called the um, ambulance. They came. My blood pressure was 70 over 40. Like, I felt like I had died for a split second there. And so, yeah, it it was a very traumatizing situation. And I think that people who are so pro-life and so happy about this and, and just excited for this change in these laws have no fucking idea what they did. They don't understand how deep this runs and the ramifications behind it. Because if you look at a lot of these things, like a lot of these states who are changing their laws, there are no medical causes. So women end up out there just as I fucking did in the situation that I was in with no help because doctors are afraid to lose their license. Yep. And these are people who have sworn to help us to, you know, take care of us. And so it's, it's such a shitty situation. Like it makes me angry to my core and I think that when power and money becomes more important than your people in your country as a politician you need to get yeah. the fuck it's time to reevaluate at that point 
Absolutely. Exactly. Because you almost died. You were literally yeah. on your deathbed here. Yeah. I was and internally. Like they had to give me a blood transfusion because I lost so much blood from bleeding internally. And um, in this, and they removed my right fallopian tube. So if I wanted to get pregnant again, it's like now it's going to be way more complicated. I'm more prone to get, um, what's the columns, ectopic pregnancy. Ectopic. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and this is just one. Well, this is just one of the reasons why this is such a huge topic. Not not only on bodily autonomy alone, but people's lives, women's lives, are at risk. And it just goes back to the whole: we have to put our thumb on women, and we have to, you know, make sure that they're in line because of again, you know, legislating religious values or legislating re religious you know, dogma is more important to these people than it is uh, people's lives. Absolutely. It's just outrageous. And I can't, I can't really believe that, that any of them thought it was gonna end up like this. They're just, hey, we're gonna ban abortion across the, across the board. And, you know, the Lord's just gonna take care of everything after that. And I'm like, guys, mm -mm. That, yeah. you know. You know, it's, I think it's crazy to me because they scream about having um, separation of, you know, religion and state, and that's not what's Church happening. State, yeah. No. Yeah. And state. the funny thing is, is that people are like, uh, oh, the separation, separation, separation. And the, it doesn't exist. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense at all with what's going on. It's like, you guys really just want to turn us into a theocracy. Yep. yep. I think that we gotta, as a people, this this is our country. Like we have to. I've been watching a lot of different um, videos, just kind of seeing like what people are doing, what the plans are, um, what to get involved in, in as far as to fight against this, or you know, just to band together as a sisterhood. And I got your back, you know. And so far, I've just found that everybody's angry. <laughs> So I'm like, well, we gotta figure yeah. out. Yeah, it's like it's like trying to trying to herd cats and become a cohesive unit, and everybody has their not their. I don't want to say your own agenda because we all have have this similar agenda when it comes to you know the purpose and the cause. It's just we have different means, and then it's not cohesive. Exactly. Yeah, I, I just am. <laughs> angry on on different in different areas i'm not a woman so i don't think that men should have the right to legislate uh females bodies um but it's also just another way to keep women in control to make women a second class citizenship you know lgbtq people are second class citizenship already and if you notice that clarence thomas uh you know uncle tom there yeah decided that he wanted to throw out the you know, Oberfell ruling and Lawrence v. Texas and yeah. um, all of those other rulings that the Supreme Court had made within the last, you know, I don't know when, uh, I don't know, 20 years or so. Um, just We're just going to take those back too, you know, mm -hmm. even when they even put in there, this is just for abortion, this shouldn't affect any other precedent. But Rob, you were telling me about some somebody in Texas 
Yeah, uh, good old uh, Ken Paxton, the uh, Attorney General for Texas. He basically was asked the question point blank: Would you uh, support the reinstate reinstating the uh, sodomy laws in Texas, which basically makes it a crime for uh, anything but missionary straight sex, basically, and Ken Paxton said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll uphold, you know, our values and the rule of law within Texas for that. And it was like, we, we, we keep seeing it coming. We saw this coming. We saw Roe, Roe v. Wade coming after Thomas's uh, remarks are made public. And now you've got people like Ken Paxton, uh, the AG of Texas, and then, uh, Dan Patrick, who's the, uh, what is he? The, uh, Lieutenant governor, Lieutenant governor, who would support it as well. And I mean, you're just running it up the flagpole right there. And I can't even fathom what this will look like. And when it does, my ass is fighting, period. There is no there is oh, no yeah. stopping that train. So just for those that, that don't know about Lawrence v. Wade, Lawrence v. Wade, <laughs> Lawrence okay. v. Texas, any, any type of sex that's not, like Rob said, penis in the in the vagina sex is now going to be again outlawed in texas and pretty i'm pretty sure some of these other states are going to uh, enact their own version of this law as well like bro the and lawrence v texas happened because it's somebody in like 98 um 99 came into their home into their bedroom and arrested them while they were having the sex Yep. Uh, two gentlemen in Houston were having sex and someone called the cops because they heard noises. And, you know, sometimes sex gets wild and crazy. You get loud. But uh, yeah. but uh, that's even straight it sex. So, right. So uh, the police came, uh, broke down the door, came in and found two guys having sex and arrested them using the uh, sodomy laws we had in Texas at the time. This was not this was 20 years ago. You know, this was just a little over 20 years. And 2003, almost exactly 2000, almost exactly 20 years ago, the law was finally written off the books with te with Lawrence versus Texas. But wow. now if that gets overturned, that's bullshit because, you know, that takes care of gay marriage. That takes care of all of these other dominoes that start falling. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I was talking about talking to Rob <laughs> last time, I think, um, about, you know, freedom riding people across the border to go get abortions that need abortions. And, you know, it the, the messed up thing about all of this is that, you know, those people that help others get an abortion outside of Texas will go to prison. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, there, there's no if and buts about it if they get caught. The person that, that goes across the border to get the abortion is going to go to prison. The people that help them or facilitate it <clears throat> and that go back to Texas or in Texas will have that. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm a, I'm a part of an organization here in Denton that, that basically f helps fund those organizations. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. And... And we've seen such an increase in volume of donations going to those organizations now. Um, there's one out of New York that, in particular, that uh, saw such a huge uptick just as 
Thomas was releasing his his comment or his comments leaked, they saw an uptick in donations for uh, their charity and how uh, how they'd be able to conduct business. Well, now they're seeing tons come in to make sure that women are getting that proper proper uh, health care, and it's it's pathetic that we're mm-hmm. basically having to run black market charities right. <laughs> to help women. That's fucking bullshit. Everything it's is just so sad. It's Go just ahead, sad. it's just crazy. I was I was reading uh, something with Claire Thomas and him. They brought up Brown versus Education. Yes. And um, versus the Board of Education. And let me just tell you this much: me and my son are going to be hightailing it the fuck out of the United States of America. Like, if this <laughs> shit I'll tell you what. I will be dragging his little skinny butt and we are getting out of here because I just, I'm like, what the, like, what is going on? Why are, what is going on? Can somebody explain something to me? Like I'm five. Why why is this happening? Are we in the twilight zone? (laughs) Right. I, I am, I am tired of these once in a lifetime events happening every week. Or once in a generation events happening every other week. It's like what's the meme? No. I'm tired. I'm tired of living through throughout historical events. <laughs> yeah, this shit's depressing <laughs> as shit. It's like, fuck. Can we get a breather here? <laughs> I mean, damn. Can we wait like ten years before we go after this again? Please and thank oh, you. God. Like this is uh, ridiculous. No, but starting to your comment my whole thing is i plan on taking you know all sorts of liberties when it comes to brown versus board of education because uh yeah we're gonna have uh we're gonna have some seances in school and we're gonna be you know Uh selling crystals out in front of uh the cafeteria and we're gonna have all sorts (laughs) of fun with this all kinds of stuff all kinds of you're gonna if you're if you're gonna take the, if you're gonna take the bite you're gonna eat the whole damn thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, and the whole and, and and what you're referring to is the whole being able to pray, teachers being able to lead prayer in school. Um, I, I'm not sure if that's in Brown versus Education, but I know that that was one of the ones that they actually overturned recently. So that is actually they're um, going legal segregation. Brown versus education was segregation. Yeah. Um, but what Rob's talking about is the uh, prayer one, and prayer. that's already okay. You can pray uh, it away, well, teacher. The, yeah. So with with Brown versus board of, board of education, that one is, I don't even think anybody would consider that. And if they do, you will see unprecedented riots. Oh yeah. Now this was just something that was brought up and something that I read, but it was I know, about I know. the other one that got written that you know talking about prayer and school and everything. So maybe Uncle I, Tom, maybe, maybe Uncle Tom just wants a divorce, and that's his way of doing it is to get rid of no, you know interracial marriage and. So confused. We going all the way back to 1950s here. We're gonna go ahead and fuck everybody's world up. Yeah. It. <laughs> It's it's mind boggling. I mean, you know, let's 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 keep women under our thumb. I mean, 
I've talked about this with Rob before, you know, you know, racism and the patriarchy and all these things that are in power right now are, are in their final throes. But boy, they're doing some damage on the way out. Because, oof, you, know, you know, me and my boyfriend have already started talking about, you know, if certain things happen, where are we going first? And we, we discussed Canada. And we were like, okay, because hey. the Canadians will at least let us through if all this shit is illegal. You know, um, we're already talking about Canada. Like, we're making plans. People are making plans because we are definitely going into The Handmaid's Tale. Listen, we have to be a part of the first group that migrates into Canada because we don't want them to be like, listen. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Stay out. In no space. Get out of here. <laughs> like, we don't, we don't want all that here. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> Keep your crazy asses in, yeah, in the U.S. And I'm like, no. Uh, no, no. We can't let no more of y'all in here. So, yeah, we got to be a part of the first group that's going to, you know, head that way. Because yeah. I definitely don't. Montreal, my he, my son is 10. He'll be 11 in September. And I don't, I don't want him growing up in a world such as what, you know, they've been, they've been talking about. I, I've been doing like my damnedest to teach him a lot of the values that I, that I believe in different laws that were already set in motion. And now that they're <laughs> out of this shit back, I'm like, I don't want him growing up in this kind of country where, you know, he's got this idea that, you know, he's better than anyone else because of what's between his legs as a black less than because of the color of his skin, of his skin. Yeah. And as a black woman, it, you know, I'm I'm bottom tier, little baby, <laughs> compared, you know, as what they, you know, what they want us to think as far as power goes. Um, so, yeah, it's, this is just, it's very, um, I don't want to say it's scary. I don't want to say it's frightening because I don't want anyone to feel afraid or, or anything of our government. Like, I'm no. We I'm going to have to disagree with you there. Um, this is terrifying. This that, is absolutely so, terrifying. Why, why I say that? It can be terrifying, but I say that because I think that when we get afraid, we lose we lose sight of our power. And as a people, like we are so fucking powerful that we do need to come together and and go against our our government with all this shit and fight against it. I can understand that. It's more of a motivating factor instead of yeah. something uh, that's going to keep you from doing something. Not, yeah, I'm not saying that it's not scary. I'm just saying I don't want people to let that fear sit and feel like, you know, we paralyze them. Yeah, like, no, we need to we need to rise up against our government. This isn't okay. They can't keep yeah, doing it. And it's just, it just doesn't make any sense um, how this is continually. A thing. And you know what? The right has been sitting around for the last 40, 50 years, silently plugging away at doing this. And I'm going to say this, and people are going to get mad at me, but the left are fucking bitches. And I don't mean to say that in a negative way towards bitches, as you know, as we know them. But in general, yo, this taking the high road shit, it's not working. It's not working. And I agree. It's not working. 
you know, taking the high road shit is just not gonna, it's not gonna cut it anymore. It's, we need to start fighting fire with fire. We need to start hitting them the same way that they hit us and stop being afraid of doing that. Stop being afraid of saying, damn right. You wanted to come at us like this, uh, then we're gonna come at you the exact same way. You, yeah. you wanted to bomb abortion clinics and kill uh, abortion doctors and, and heckle women as they went through their, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but in, in the 60s, <laughs> in the 1960, women still didn't have the right to get their own bank account without their husband's yeah. consent. Mm -hmm. And it took until at, around 1964, 1965 for women to be able to get their own bank account Yep. without their husband be able to have their own job without their husband signing off on it and being okay with it. And then a little bit later in the 60s, um, women could finally get their own credit cards and their own, you know, the credit didn't start until, credit scores didn't start until 1989. Um, yeah. But they were not allowed to get a visa or a MasterCard until then. All of this, all of this has absolutely nothing to do with an unborn child and absolutely everything to do to keep their thumb on women and keep them under control. And guess what? As I, a white gay male know, you cannot keep a woman under control. <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna she's gonna take back her power some way, some form, some oh. something else. Oh yeah. And I I, I one hundred percent agree. Cause it's just how do how are we in twenty twenty two? We didn't have 50 years, 50 years of this bodily autonomy. And now you take it back and you think that we're just going to be quiet? Oh, no. Absolutely not. They're, they're banking on the fact that we're going to take the high road. Mm -hmm. We're going to take the high road here and we just, we're going we gonna to do it the right way. Not. Nah, and, and, not to sound like Ryan X or anything, but by and any means necessary, we need right. <laughs> by any means necessary, this has to be fixed. And mm -hmm. I, I'm not saying near word about anything else. However, you take that by any means necessary. That that's your interpretation. Yep. Everything that we're doing that's pissing us off, we need to start doing. Yes. So. We have a whole bunch of women and a whole bunch of gays that are that are carrying around AK-15s. Oh, they're not going to like be that. Damned, be damned if the law's not passed real quick getting rid of them fuckers <laughs> because, oh shit, now the gays and the women, <laughs> the gays and the women's and the colors, they got, they got the guns. Absolutely. That shit's legal. It's all legal. legal. Texas, I don't need, when I got my gun in 2020, and I got it because of the pandemic, it was scaring the shit out of me and how everybody was acting, I went and I, I had to get a license to carry, uh, concealed carry and all this. Now, you don't you have just to walk in with your gun and yep. that's it. Yep. And the questionnaire that they ask is some fucking bullshit because you can just lie. <laughs> have you ever had a mental health? Da, 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 da. No. Oh. So it's not even right. like, it's not, I'm not even checking anything. Oh, wow. I bought my gun, filled out the paperwork, and walked out with it within 30 minutes. That's it. This was in 2020, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
I I I went and got the class to get uh or we went on complete lockdown, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I remember Jerry. I said Jerry shot so smooth. It was like butter. Uh, I know. <laughs> it feels so powerful. And I think that's the whole reason why they're like, we have to have them all the time and all of them. I'm just like, yeah. This isn't necessary, you guys. You're you're making this so much harder and so much more dangerous. And you know, I, I went the right way. I felt like I went and took the class. I made sure I knew what my responsibilities were as mm-hmm. a gun owner how to shoot because they make you go in and shoot and if you can't shoot right you can't get it you know and i honestly agree with changing the age for at the very least the very very least and i think they passed that legislation i have to go back and double check but at the very least minimum age for an ak-15 should be 21. i I love my 18 year olds and look gen Gen z xyz qt whatever it is today (laughs) Y'all, 18 is not mentally equipped no, to be I, able to take some of life. I 100% agree. I even hate saying like mass shootings right now because not only is this a really touchy subject, but have you noticed that they keep changing the number um, that of like what, what it is that would call possible mass shooting? They keep changing the number and it gets lower and lower and lower to the point now where I think it's like, is there's like three victims and it's a mass shooting or something like that. Uh, I mean, what would you cap it at? A mass shooting? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I will tell you, no, I, I won't tell you that. That's something for a different time for me and you to talk. But I, it's hard to say exactly like, you know, we'll look at mass shootings and, and how often they're happening, the age of the shooter, you know, because we just look at this one in Uvalde, one of the worst. And he was what, a little 18 year old kid who walked into a gun store and bought, did he have an AR-15? Yes, ma'am. And mental mental health you gotta be you have got to be completely out of there in order to go and shoot up a school but he went and bought a gun no problem i really i really am just kind of disgusted by republicans how they've handled this agreed they they just said fuck you fuck the kids (laughs) Yep. you know completely and utterly our thoughts and prayers <laughs> thoughts, thoughts and, and prayers pray- ain't doing shit so you need to get on with your business mm-hmm. it just uh, makes it's, no sense at all it's very frustrating extremely frustrating so did you want to talk about the poly stuff oh uh, I wanted to see if Rob hops back on to talk about that, um, okay. because that's, I mean, that's one of the major topics that we always discuss. Let's talk about poly and what it means to you again. Now, polyamory for our listeners means many love. It's about a person being able to be in love um, with more than one person at the same time. 
um, and them knowing about each other, it being an open and honest conversation, um, no hiding, no running behind people's backs. This isn't cheating. No. Uh, that's my understanding of it. So I know there's more a swinger lifestyle background. I'd meet a lot of people who were poly or trying it out. And they all their first thought is always a triad. And it's like, no, no. <laughs> That's just one way you can poly. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, That's the only way I poly. <laughs> that's one way that you can that you can practice or become part of the, the poly lifestyle v relationships where the person one person dates outside of each you know each relationship is separate right. those were honestly you can you can solo poly where you don't really nest with anybody you just date many different people and you have your own home and you sleep in your own bed and pay your own bills and you have no bank accounts with anyone there's no marriages and that's also one of those that I really like too <laughs> uh, but um we're you know polyamory is what I practice I don't do polygyny polygamy um god I always forget it and I feel so terrible that I forget it because it's the woman with multiple polygamy husbands. huh polygamy no, um, no, that's polygamy. Uh, polyandry, and so polyandry uh, is where the the one the wife has multiple husbands. That one also sounds good, but men also get on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Poly, poly, it takes a lot of reprogramming, though. You have a lot of unlearning of societal standards when it comes to relationships that you have to go through. And I think that a lot of people miss that mark. They think that it's something you can just jump into and do it as if it's um, a verb. <laughs> You're just, yeah. just go. <laughs> but no, Doing. Uh, yeah, it takes a lot of self-work, self-awareness because we have been conditioned to believe that we have just one partner out there who is our perfect person that we're gonna spend the rest of our lives with and Polly tells you that it doesn't have to be that way. So now you got to figure out how to get rid of, you know, this this need for possession and ownership. And it's not easy. Um, jealousy. That's a lot. A lot of times I tell people jealousy is not something you have to learn to get rid of. We're natural, naturally jealous creatures. How you manage right. your jealousy is what you have to work on. I think that we as people we exalt jealousy as a form of knowing that somebody loves us Mm -hmm. um, by them being jealous and that there is a a type of jealousy that's okay uh, because that's them being protective over me or that they they care about me and so they don't want me with anybody else and that is to be lauded and I think that's bullshit like that's absolutely the worst thing to to program people with because why why would you want somebody to be hurting why would you want somebody to be upset why would you want someone to you know that's painful jealousy can be extremely painful jealousy can be extremely dangerous jealousy kills you know women die from it a lot and people just act like oh they were just so in love he was so jealous for them that 
he couldn't allow xyz thing to happen and so he took her life and then took his like it's something to be lauded like it's a romeo and juliet type of it's true and that, um, it's scary when you think about it that way um how normalized jealousy is in those matters like that possessive love is just so it's so adorable right well there's a difference between being protective over someone that you love, like you want to keep them from harm, you know, don't go down in this neighborhood because it's really dangerous or, hey, I know that person's, you know, not a good person and, you know, I'm going to try and keep you away from them or at least not so much try to keep you away, but at least tell you about what's going on so you can make that decision for yourself. But, you know, not letting people harm you or your partner, you know, those, those types of things are, are awesome. Rob, what is your definition of polyamory and, you know, what are the type of polyamory that, that you're uh, familiar with? Really, kitchen table poly, the basically, you know, you sit and have an understanding that this is the boundaries, this is the rules we, we agree to, and everybody's kind of amicable and, you know, essentially you could sit at, you could sit down to dinner with, with everyone and, and everyone be okay and everybody on the same page right and then there's there are other types of poly i'm not 100 percent on yeah there's a lot of them i so i didn't get a chance to talk about it but relationship anarchy is actually what i would most define myself in and um relationship anarchy is part of is part of polyamory but it's like underneath the umbrella its own little thing relationship anarchy believes that no relationship is higher more powerful means more holds more weight than any other relationship and this extends to friendships family familial relationships um people that you're intimately involved in so i personally feel that my friend my relationship with a friend is just as fucking important as somebody who's a partner that i'm intimately involved with there is no hierarchy within those relationships at all um i don't i love everybody just the same just because i'm not having sex with this person doesn't mean that they are any less um even when i was married you know and i read about relationship anarchy I was like holy crap that makes sense because I love my friends just as hard as I love whoever I'm in a relationship with and so it all made sense to me like why should I have these I hate having labels on my relationships to kind of I guess make it seem like this person's the most important like no everybody's fucking important around here I love that that idea yeah, uh, I think it's really well-rounded. That's definitely where where I stand within my poly values. Um, but that's like I said, that's just one one type of way to, of polyamory. There's so many. Right. Uh, <laughs> and and that was that was one aspect, and you touched on it really well. Was the hierarchy types and I've seen I've seen so many examples of that hierarchy type, in, including in in uh, my life as well and I understand it I think it's a little it can be toxic if it's not in a in a healthy fashion it can definitely be toxic 
the question, one of the questions I had for you was about, there's hierarchy, but then there's, there's also something that I uh, subscribe to is like Greek love. There is definitely different types of love for me. Mm-hmm. And not not that any one is any stronger or any less or weaker than the other. It's just different, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Is that is that something that, that you've witnessed or under, have an understanding of? Yeah, no. And so I've, this is my first time hearing it with the term Greek love, but I have heard of that before. Um, and I think that that's a little more um, honest than the whole hierarchy system um because let's let's be real about it the love that you have for your kid is not the same that you have for your partner exactly and even with relation anarchy the love that you have for your friend is going to differ from the from the love you have for a partner so yeah definitely see like i understand where you're coming from with that and i think that that's an awesome way to to combat the the what am I trying to say? The, the whole idea of what... Lesser like, greater. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, that's really cool. That relationship supremacy thing. Yeah. That's right. what you guys are talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. So, for our listeners um, who don't understand what Greek love is, um, I've actually read this and studied it before. There's, um, there's the love between a parent and a child. There's a love between a friend or a brother. There's the sexual love. Um, which is eros or romantic love. And then there's agape love, which is unconditional love or the, the God level love. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, <laughs> but I believe those are the different types of, of love is explained in, in the Greek culture. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's familiar, you know, you have like familiar where, you know, the love for my daughters, that's, that's a familiar love, your family, your, you know, and, and then that extends on to, you know, like you guys, you guys are, are a familiar love for me. And then, you know, then you get into some deeper types where, you know, uh, for my daughters, it is a deeper, a, a little deeper than familiar, but it's not romantic or, you know, it goes, it's eros or goes on to the, to the other types of, of Greek love. It's, it's, uh, it's a, I like that in, in the fact that that toxic, like you said, star, that toxic, uh, greater than less than hierarchy is, mm-hmm. isn't there because it is different, not, not, not equatable and not comparable. Let me put it yeah. that way. And it's, I mean, like you touched on it. I was telling Ryan, Ryan earlier when I was talking about the different type of polys, a lot of times coming from the swinger lifestyle, you know, I meet couples who are like, oh yeah, we want to, we want to dive into polyamory and we want to find our third. And ugh, as soon as they say that, I would cringe inside because it automatically lets me know that you see this person as not a person, but a third. So you're automatically, they've already placed this person into a less than slot because their relationship is going to have a hierarchy over this third person that comes in. And so it's just like, I tell a lot of people, if you're going to look into polyamory, you have to do the work. A triad is not the only way to, to become poly. Like it's just not, 
maybe you guys should try dating separate first and see how that works out. Because I'm going to tell you what, that whole dating separate first, that is the best way to figure out if <laughs> if polyamory is for I you. Think- I think it's I think it's also, you know, for a lot, especially coming from the monogamous mindset, it's probably the biggest hurdle you could jump over and then everything's caked from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand that triads are absolutely the hardest. Um, it's the hardest dynamic to to hold up, to carry, because you're a lot of folks don't know that it's so many different relationships in one everyone has to cultivate their own separate relationship with each other and then you have the big relationship all together and so when they go into it and it's just the couple trying to make a relationship with this one person this one person is is the outsider and that's where that toxicity comes from Uh and then you have the other aspects of trying to balance you know it it is literally like a triangle you know you pull too far to one end that that end gets pushed out or if you pull too far to the other end it gets pushed out Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's not not an easy one coming from somebody that's actually that's been in a triad relationship myself um for the as being the third you know at the beginning, it's kind of exciting because you're getting all this attention and, you know, both of them are, you're getting to know both of them and you're getting to fall in love with both of them. Um, and that's fun and that's exciting. That's that new relationship energy we talk about sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but what often happens and what uh, happened in, in my relationship um, at some point was that the, the couple themselves stopped focusing on each other and they kind of lost sight of their their relationship and just our our big relationship or my relationship with with uh ryan or the third and you know at the end of the day um if as a and i know um you know rob has has seen this and i'm sure you have too watching your partner fall in love with somebody else is difficult Mm -hmm. watching your partner have this new relationship energy with someone else um, while you guys are in your maintenance relationship energy, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> so yeah, the first time I felt it, I had no idea what it was. And I was confused like, why am I enjoying this for him? So I think that, I definitely think that that's a word that needs to be learned more within the poly spaces because we talk about the negative effects so much that we mm-hmm. don't necessarily talk about the positives that can come from it. I had one question that someone, it was actually my therapist had brought up because she's very much into the lifestyle. She's very much pansexual and also very heavy into the kink community. But she had mentioned to me that the negative feelings will come anytime. And it doesn't matter if you're, if you're new to it or you're old hat at it you will get those negative feelings. That's how you handle and, and work through those negative feelings. And she was explaining that even though she, she gets those negative feelings and a perfect example, uh, her husband was getting, getting dressed uh, to go out on his date. And, you know, he was looking nice, smelling good, you know, all the, the whole nine yards. And she was like, yeah, but you don't do that with me you know, and she was like, she was like, okay, where's that feeling coming from? Why am I feeling left out, you know, and whatnot? And how do I get that, that need addressed if I'm feeling that need? 
And I was like, so you've been at this for 10 years and you still get that? And she's like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And I was like, <laughs> all right, all right. She's like, but the benefits outweigh the costs, so. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as a third going in, like I said, in the beginning, it's really nice. But I mean, you have to, like you said, you have to develop that individual relationship with each person. Like we used to just all text as a group and that was it. Like no, no outside conversations, everything was done in the group. And then we started having individual conversations and, and individual phone calls. And those things were great because I got to learn so much about my other partners that I'm falling in love with somebody and especially with multiple people. And I don't think people realize this. And you guys can tell me what your experience is with this, but they are, people are so different. They're so different. Everything about them is different. Top to bottom, left, right, up, down, back, forth. It's everybody is just so different. There's so many things to fall in love with someone about um, that just they have and, and nobody else. And the other person, just what you have and nobody else. Like one of them was more because you guys know me, but I like classical music. I like, you know, choral music. I like going and doing fancy bougie shit. You know, I like, you know, putting on a, a tie and going out for the night. You know, I want to go to galas and things like that. Not everybody does, right? Most guys are like, I don't want to do that. So one of my partners was like that. Very, very classical, very in that sphere or realm of life. And the other partner was very uh, surfer boy, uh, very manly guy, manly man. And, you know, that that whole sphere of, you know, sports and, you know, the regular what we would con consider as being toxic masculinity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so pretty. Um, and, <laughs> and so that there was so different, like their attitudes towards things were different. Their ways of thinking was so different. So it was really easy to fall in love with, for me, to fall in love with both of these people um, that were expressing interest because they were so different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think we talk about that enough as being a reason why or how you're able to fall in love with somebody is because everybody's so different. There's so much about each individual person. I had, okay, so, and I completely understand that because I was married to my ex-husband and he was very much the, um, he handled everything almost. I could just be like, this needs to get done or that needs to get done and he'd do it. If, or he would just do it. I didn't have to tell him anything. He was my fixer upper. He was my teammate. Like we just knew each other so well that everything just kind of worked how it did. And then I had a girlfriend and she was the, she brought me the femininity that I enjoy. And she would set up these really cool dates that she'd take me on. Like we went to see um, Chicago at the Dallas orchestra thingy. And I, I mean, it was just, it was, it was so fucking cool. She knew that I loved musicals. So she found tickets to something and took me to see it. She had never been, never seen nothing, none of that. And she walked out of there like, oh my God, that was amazing. So it was like a first time for her and a thing that I loved. And I just, she was awesome for that. And then I had 
another, <laughs> another guy that I was with, and these are all like in tandem at the same time. I outside with my marriage, I was dating two other people. My relationship with him was never like anything labeled, but he was in the swinger lifestyle with me as like my partner. So like we'd go out to parties together. And so like I had these three different, you know, relationships that all brought me something different. And I loved each person in their own, you know, their own way, their own magnitude. And then it just, that really fulfilled my little gay heart. Cause let me tell you, <laughs> it's a struggle when I just have like, <laughs> when I have this one gender, I'm like, dang, okay, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> true. I, very, very true. <laughs> and I, I think it also goes back to the idea of making one person your sole source of happiness or making that putting on one person that they have to be everything that you need my current boyfriend will probably never go to a symphony with me you know it's just not his thing you know he he may not um you know go out and do certain activities that i really enjoy and because it's just not his thing and right. i i used to get really upset at partners in the past it's like God, just do this one thing for me come i want you to i want to share this with you and it caused a lot of strife it caused a lot of bickering and arguing why are you forcing me to do something i don't want to do and blah 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 whatever it is or you're not a good partner if you don't do some of the activities that you, they enjoy that you don't enjoy right there's all this pressure on it but like with the triad that i was in i knew that if i wanted to go and listen to a night of bach you know I knew, you know, this partner was the one that was going to go with me and I could have that uh, experience with him. And, you know, if the other one, if we wanted to go um, to the sports bar and watch sports and, and drink beer and eat hot wings and talk shit, you know, that is his forte. And that's something that is going to work really well there. And it's really awesome to be able to be in a romantic relationship with somebody and share those things because, for me personally, that was a, that's a big deal for me. Like my, I took my boyfriend yesterday to get uh, Manny's and Patty's, right? Mm -hmm. he, he's a, he's a, a mechanic. He's uh he's the guy's guy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's not really his thing, but he went anyways. Uh, and this was like the third time he's had a, a pedicure in his life. And he, he's what, 30, uh, almost 30 now. Um, and that meant something that was special to me because, you know, it really wasn't his wheelhouse, but he was willing to go and, and do that for me, you know, and that's awesome. And I think that that we need to stop focusing on making one person do all those things with us or for us and be able to enjoy other people and other, um, other relationships where they don't take away from the other, but, you know, those are your interests are aligning in that. That's a heavy, and it's a heavy burden to put on someone to be able to fill all those needs. You know, that is a huge, huge burden to put on someone because not everybody's going to fulfill a need, a need that you, that you have. Yeah. I tell anybody that, that I first started talking to, I don't want to be your everything. So if that's what you're looking for, I'm out. <laughs> for real. And most of the times we talk about that in a sexual way, like, oh, they can't be everything to me sexually, or I need this sexually or whatever it is. I want to be more kinky or, you know, do X, Y, and Z, and they don't want to do that. And I'm just so frustrated, but it goes beyond 
sex. It goes beyond those those desires to, you know, everyday life. You know, like well, I said, I want somebody to go to the symphony with me. The whole th- the whole thing even it applies to monogamous relationships as well. I mean, your partner is not going to be able to fulfill every need you have. I mean, if you know, I like and I'm going off reservation. If I like stock car racing and my partner doesn't, I've got buddies out there that would, you know, and be able to be able to go to whatever with. And that that in no way takes away from my partner. That just says, hey, you don't like doing this, but this person over here does. Hey, I'm gonna go do this and I'll be back. Right. And, and be okay and be okay with that. I yes. mean yes. Because you know how many uh Rhea, I know you know how many women are like, you can't go out with the boys tonight. Um, no. because I want you here at home with me, or vice versa, you can't all, can't go out with your girls because you know all are gonna get wild. And, and I what have like, you. I don't understand that because I'm like, go exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, go have fun, go do your thing. Please. It's not something I'm into, so go. You know, I'm <laughs> and to me, that's a level of compersion is yeah. even it has nothing to do with with sex or you know an outside relationship it has everything to do with your partner's happening happiness and whatever they like to do it's not necessarily hey you know you could be doing this with me or you know i have better ways to fill your time no i want my own time go exactly i need some me time by my damn self leave me alone for like an hour or two you know go do your thing you want to baby you want to stay out all night have fun i'm i'm going to bed early i'm tired right or i want to work on this other activity with this other friend because i don't want to go to nascar <laughs> have fun with that <laughs> i'm okay <laughs> not my thing i know you love it you know and if this other person is going to go with you whether it's a friend or a romantic relationship the other person is going to go with bye Leave right. me alone. I'm going to go meditate on the mountaintop over here and do my spiritual shit while you go do, you know, your beer drinking and redneck shit. And it's just totally fine. Yep. And- <laughs> I'm going to go have Manning Petties with the girls. 